You're listening to the Power of Journaling podcast. Journaling has been scientifically proven to speed healing, increase productivity, reduce stress, anxiety, and depression, and improve creativity. Thank you for joining journaling.com as we explore all things journaling. Hello, everyone. This is Rebecca Kokenderfer with Journaling.com. Today, we're going to be talking about how journaling can help you heal your mind, your body, and your spirit. Our guest expert today is Maud Purcell. Maud is a skilled and seasoned psychotherapist, and she's the founder of the Life Solution Center of Darien. Maud has been quoted in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and has been interviewed nationally and internationally on TV and radio. Thank you very much for your time today. Rebecca, it's a pleasure. I get to speak about one of my favorite topics. It's one of my favorite topics, too. (laughs) So as a psychotherapist, why do you encourage your patients to journal? Rebecca, there are so many reasons, and if I went into all of them, this interview would go on forever. But let me give you some of the key reasons. When people are depressed or anxious, for example, sometimes they don't know why. Through journaling, they're able to figure that out. It aids in healing from traumatic events. It helps us problem solve. It increases our gratitude. And it reminds us that we've gotten through difficulties before, thereby engendering hope and optimism for the present and the future. Uh, It's a wonderful tool for triggering creativity. It helps us find meaning in life circumstances, especially when they're difficult. And one of the most important things about journaling, one of the reasons I so believe in it, is that it brings issues that are just hovering below the surface of consciousness into full awareness. So it helps us know better what we're trying to figure out. And the most effective way to journal is with, pen and paper or pencil and paper as opposed to doing a you know something online a word document or something it really has to do with the brain and what is activated when you actually go through the act of physically writing further it illuminates our feelings it assists us in preparing for challenging conversations helps us determine a new life path or direction Uh, it can provide a chance to come to terms with mistakes we've made and find self-forgiveness, and it is a wonderful tool if you are somebody with a a spiritual sense. It can further help you develop that uh, and really help your spirit during difficult times. You mentioned that pen and paper works better than computer. Is there a particular style of journaling that you find gives people the greatest benefits? And I'm thinking comparing Dear Diary with bullet journaling or with expressive writing or with notebooking. Have you found a particular style of journaling works best? Here's what I prefer. I prefer no rules for people. Uh, I think that if we stop to think too much when we write, the point of writing is lost. So although there's a, a, you know, very useful purpose for bullet journaling, I don't find that in the vast majority of cases the best tool for my patients. You're really looking to stop the person, in a way, stop the person from their normal way of thinking and let the pen and paper take over. Because once we get into our logical headset, we lose all the creativity that's below the surface. We lose new possibilities for change and for learning because we're thinking the way we always do. It's, you know, it's, we're, th- that phrase, 
we're, we're doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. So perhaps using bullet journaling for productivity, but using free writing for healing and self-discovery. Yes, that's exactly, exactly what I find. And sometimes if I have a patient who's particular, particularly in their head, if you know what I mean, they just, they're thinking and trying to solve it and they're trying really hard. I will, after a session with them, I'll tell them, I'm going to text you, you know, a prompt and I don't want you to see it ahead of time. And when you're going to sit down and write, I want you to look at that prompt that I text you immediately before you start writing so that you're not going up into your head beforehand and figuring out what you're going to write, but rather you're letting the pen and paper do the work. I love that idea. Do you have some good guided journaling prompts that you can give us right now that people can do at home on their own? You know, this is a tough one because I find that each person depending on the issue or the problem, uh, may need a tailored prompt for them. But some of the – I'm trying to think of ones that come up the most often. And, and one I find that I use so often, especially when people are depressed or overly anxious, is what are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. Because when we're experiencing gratitude, it's particularly hard to feel anxious or depressed. So that's a great prompt that I frequently use. Another one is asking my patients, what's already working in your life? Because when people come in, often all they can see is the problem that brought them in and the negative aspects of their lives. And they forget that in reality, probably some things are already working in their lives. Another prompt, if somebody feels as though they're failing at something or they're not making headway in their life, I'll ask them to write about things in their past where, or times in their past when they felt successful, even if it was a moment in time, where they felt as though they were actually moving forward and achieving something and they felt confident and they felt passionate about what they're doing. I like that very much. Can you give our listeners some examples that you know of of how journaling has you know, can heal the body And you mentioned healing the mind and the spirit, but let's talk a little bit about physical health. Absolutely. Well, you may have run across the work of Dr. James Pennebaker of the University of Texas at Austin. Um, I ran across him years ago, and I've been doing this journaling thing um, for so long and way before it was involved. And he, in my mind, is really the seminal um, researcher in the area, this whole topic of journaling. And so a lot of my information comes through him, although I'm aware based on physical exams that people have after they've been journaling for a while, uh, that there, it, you know, it decreases blood pressure and heart rate. It increases immune system functioning. Um, it actually strengthens immune cells called T lymphocytes. It helps with pain-related disorders. It aids digestion. It can improve sleep. Um, It's been known to decrease symptoms of asthma and rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis. And, you know, I know there's so many other benefits, but these are the ones that I'm aware of. I interviewed Dr. Pennebaker yesterday, and he's he's a gem of a human being. And as you said, he's really on the forefront of research. There is a study also with people who 
used expressive writing. And uh, listeners, you can do a search on journaling.com for the name Pennebaker, P-E-N-N-E-B-A-K-E-R, and that will take you to his newsletter and his interview. But people who journaled for four days before surgery recovered faster after the surgery. And I think, Maude, it's because it's uncovering those simmering fears and anxiousness and kind of allowing you to shine a light on that, which releases them and releases their power over you. I totally agree. I love that piece of research. I wasn't aware of it. What I find is that uh, it really ties in with what you're saying. When we are, we're not aware of what we're thinking or feeling, it just festers inside us and only increases our anxiety and depression. But as soon as you get it out on paper, you can, you have a little bit of distance from it, a little bit more objectivity. Um, you're clearer once you've written about what's really troubling you. And sometimes, you know, if it's a problem where there's a solution, potential solutions actually come to the fore. So I'm not, I'm not really surprised about this research that you shared from, you know, from Dr. Pennebaker. What types of people and problems do you think are the best candidates for journaling? Well, in terms of the best candidates, it's always easier to get someone to do this if they, they tend to love writing to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many, many people, unfortunately, don't, they just don't like writing. It's not their forte. It's not something they've done. So they take a little bit more convincing. But when any of us are in enough pain, we're willing to try just about anything at some point to reduce that pain. So I can usually convince them that this would be a valuable tool for them. And what once they start, I don't need to convince them anymore. And I found that so many folks keep doing it. If they check back with me in 10 years or whatever, they're, they're still journaling and find it to be an incredibly helpful tool. As far as, as the kinds of problems, it, it's, you know, it, it's vast. The, the answer to that question is vast. Certainly with mood issues, uh, especially with people who don't understand what is driving their depression or their anxiety. Now, certainly those issues are chemically related often. In other words, there's actually brain chemistry that comes to play that isn't functioning properly. That said, sometimes anxiety or depression are situational and you just can't figure out, you can't connect the dots about what circumstances are triggering these feelings and maintaining them. So often what I will do with people who have anxiety and depression is have them start writing, not even on a specific topic necessarily, but ask them to note at the moment they start journaling uh, on a given day what they, what they're feeling you know, what they're feeling. And in fact, I, I will suggest they rate it on a scale of one to 10. In other words, if they're depressed, if, I'll say to them, if 10 is feeling your best and one is feeling your worst, on the average, what are you, you know, what are you feeling right now? What number would you assign to that? Then they go ahead and write in their journals. They become clear about what's driving the unpleasant mood. And then I'll ask them to do that same rating on the scale of 1 to 10 after they finished journaling. And I don't think I can ever remember a time when somebody had a higher, or excuse me, a lower score at the end of the exercise of journaling. And it seems to me that every time their mood and their depression, their anxiety um, is is much better. Uh, So it's a very, it's it's taking up what is a soft science largely and trying to turn it into a hard science. 
Um, so that, you know, for mood disorders, it's great. If you're trying to decide about something, uh, important, whether it's in a relationship or should you take that new job? Um, should you move into that house? Uh, you know, whatever it is, writing, once again, it brings thoughts that we're not fully aware of to the fore. Things that we wouldn't realize are on our minds until we write them down. Uh, you, you name the problem, Rebecca, and it, it, it really is helped by journaling. And again, it's, it's just getting some of those folks who are re- reluctant writers to get started. Which is why guided journaling prompts can be so helpful. And you just gave us a couple more. For example, just starting with, you know, what am I feeling and why? And then you write it, you write about it, and you ask yourself your question at the end. Or if you know, or asking yourself, do I really want to buy that house? Do what kind of job do I want? Do I really want that job? Just asking yourself questions and writing down the answers is so beneficial. Absolutely. And here's another great one that you're just reminding me of. If someone is stuck in a career that they don't like, but they feel as though they have no idea where to head from there, very often the answers are already within us. We just don't know it. You know, those those seeds are already there. So a prompt I'll give people is to write, to, to go back and think over their life and think of times when they were doing something in which they became totally engrossed because they loved it so much. Um, times when they felt particularly proud of themselves because of an, an, of an achievement. Um, times when they felt joy doing a certain activity. Uh, and invariably, there's a theme there that comes to the fore. There's a sort of a, a, a string, if you will, attaching all of these circumstances that they recall, and suddenly they have at least a rough idea of a direction in which they might head. Of course, beyond that, they have, you know, there's other work to do, but at least they're getting in touch with themes in their life that might lead to very satisfying careers, or, you know, it it could be an avocation uh, as opposed to a vocation. It could be volunteer work, and that's fine, too. We, I think we all need a purpose and we need to have something we're passionate about. And that approach to journaling or that prompt uh, helps bring all of that to the surface. I've been reading about left brain, right brain integration and how journaling helps with that. Can you talk a bit about that? I'm not a, an expert on this. I always like to defer to an MD when it comes to this topic. But what I do know is that research very much supports the notion that the act of writing accesses the left brain, which is analytical and rational. So while your left brain is occupied, your right brain is free to create and free to intuit and feel. And so in a way, writing removes the mental blocks and allows us to use all of our brain power to better understand ourselves. Um, so that's, you know, that is my understanding and my, actually my experience in working with people. It makes sense, doesn't it? Because we're analyzing our feelings. So you're using right. the left brain and the right brain holistically. That's right. That's exactly right. And the problem is that we spend so much time in our logical, analytical mind. And, you know, this is where we end up, um, 
butting our heads up against the same wall, when we can free ourselves from that and just be in our creative state, um, in our right brain, it's just amazing what pops to the surface. Last question, Maud. Sure. What is your number one tip about either journaling or tip for journalers? My number one tip is this. There are no rules. Just put the pen to paper and write. I love that. I like to ask the same question to all of our guest experts. And, you know, people are saying the same thing. Interesting. There are, yeah, there are no rules. There's no right way or wrong way. Oh, Maude, thank you so much. This is excellent information. And listeners, we're going to put all of her wonderful guided journaling prompts in writing for you so that you can use them on your own. So, Maude, thank you so much for your time. And listeners, thank you for tuning in as we explore together the power of journaling. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. For more great information on how journaling can improve your life, visit journaling.com and pick up a free copy of our guided journal, 30 Days of Joy.